Hello and welcome to the first ever sponsored episode of Magic Talks, episode 24. So this week's podcast is sponsored by Yen Clothing. You can find them by visiting Yen at London. So that's Y-E-N-L-D-N.com. Go and check them out. Some really cool clothes. Also, don't forget to give them a follow on Instagram to search for Yen London. So that's at Yen, Y-E-N-L-D-N. Go and check them out. Give them a follow and... Uh, yeah, let's get on with episode 24. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Magic Talks, Magic Man London. So how is everyone? How's your week been? What have you been up to? Anything interesting? Or has it just been more Zoom calls, watching Netflix, Sky, and kind of getting ready for Christmas early? Because I, th- I think we can officially say, at the end of November, everyone is getting ready for Christmas. The trees are going up, the lights are going up, everyone's getting in the festive spirit. And it's like, why not? After the year we've had, we deserve to kind of enjoy Christmas for slightly longer than normal. Um, with that in mind, how long do you think decorations should be up for? Do you think beginning of November is too early? I'm just kind of... The funny, the, yeah, let's try that one again. The funny thing about Christmas is all the decorations have to come down on the 6th of January because that's like 12 days after Christmas or whatever. My brother was always really disappointed because his birthday is on the 7th of Jan. So he always wondered when he was younger why all the Christmas lights and Christmas decorations come down a day before his birthday. But I think as you grow up, you kind of realise that, okay, oh, he was bought. Mm. He was born on the 7th. There's nothing you can do about it. But it gets me on to thinking, is there a di- I know there's a major difference between Christmas lights and normal lights. But we have... I've got a little Christmas tree in my room. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But going up the stairs, we have like these twinkly lights. Now, they're not Christmas lights. But we're only allowed to put them up at Christmas. So do you think lights should be up all year as long as they're not obviously... Christmas lights. Let me know your thoughts. Or do you think if they were a poor year, they wouldn't have the same impact as when you do put them up for Christmas? With that in mind, uh, let me tell you what I've been up to this week. So, what have I been up to? I hear you ask. Well, I don't don't hear you ask because, yeah, we've been through this before. You can't actually hear me. But I'm working on an idea for a Christmas episode. There's a piece of tech that I need. I'm hoping to get it before Christmas, but we will wait and see what happens. I've signed up for goal setting masterclasses uh, from someone that I know that I met through Instagram. So that's happening on the 12th of December. So there might be, I reckon there'll be a podcast before that, like after this one, I have to check the calendar. Um, And there's ways, like if you look at the list of what she's including in it, it's a huge amount. And the good thing about it is, is we're having to pay for it. It's only 30 pounds. I think it's a bit cheaper if you're a student. But I... I always think if you pay, even if it's a fiver, towards an event and you learn something, because you put a monetary value towards it, you're kind of more invested in it. Rather than having a free webinar or a free course or something, if you haven't put any money into it, you're not going to kind of spend as much time on it. Whereas if you go, I've spent £30 on this, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to achieve. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, kind of setting goals and then 
going about them. Uh, and I found out today, so this is on the Thursday, this is released on the Friday, that London is pretty much in tier two. So it's like, okay, what does that mean for work? Well, it means trade shows can go ahead from December, but realistically looking, we're looking at January. And then I went to a online event today and it was really good. It was like 10 to one, loads of good speakers talking about a wide range of topics from performing online to updating your CV. And I raised the question, what happens if you don't have a CV as such? So I have done amazing events at amazing venues, different companies, a wide range of things. And the skills are built up being a magician, interacting with people. That's something that you can't really write on a CV. So they went, you kind of, if you write down and present it nicely, like the companies you work for, the events you do, and make it look all nice, that is your CV. Okay, it might not have years like I've done this, this and this, but I've worked for uh, Chiswick House and Gardens. Oh God, why does my brain go blank the second I push record? Uh, the Langham in London, I'm on the books for the Sky Gardens. And I've done amazing events and you're hearing about the stories on here. Uh, today's story, because of Yen London who are sponsoring it, their clothing has got a lot of money and like Monopoly and everything. So today's story is about the Bank of England. Uh, you have to find out what that's all about by listening. Now, I normally do this story at the end of the podcast, but I might drop it into the middle this week. But now I've told you that, are you either going to listen to the whole episode or are you going to go, I'll just jump to the end? Or do I do it in two parts? No, I'm not going to do it in two parts because that gets too confusing. I'll forget where I start and stop. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I did my first ever Instagram reel the other day. So if you go onto my Instagram, just search for at magicmanlondon. Magicman's or one word and then London, L-O-N-D-O-N. If you're not following why not? And why are you on Instagram? Why not follow yenlondon. Yen, it's not .com, that's their website. Why not follow Yen LDN as well uh, as they're sponsoring this podcast? Check out their clothes. Um, they look really cool and it's not your normal clothing brand. It's not like they've just put a logo on. They've actually spent time thinking about it. So, I was on the phone to a photographer, a friend of mine, and she was talking about reels and like little hints and tips and there's another magician I know who's put a video out on YouTube about how to make reels and I thought okay I'll give it a go and I wrote down a huge list of things that I could do and I tried one of them out and it's just like okay that's not what a reel is for that's more of a photo or a video reels kind of they're slightly magical looking so if you want to know how I get ready for a gig like from normal clothes into my performing clothes, go and check out my Instagram uh, and you'll see exactly how I do it. Which raises the question, they look amazing. So you've got me in my normal clothes, my hand goes towards the camera and when it comes back out, um, I'm all changed. And somebody went, oh, I really want to learn how to do those but I don't at the same time. And it's a bit like a magic trick. It's how my brain kind of compared the two. Yes, I'm comparing Instagram reels to magic trick. But it's, it's the reason, oh, it's not the reason behind it. What's the word I'm looking for? It's the secret behind it. So for those of you that don't know how reels work or don't want to, turn off or mute your headphones for the next, let's say, 15 seconds. 
So here's the secret to reels. They are two videos stitched together. So I'm standing there in my normal clothes. Uh, my hand goes towards the camera and I push stop. I then put my hand against change. That's the bit you don't see. And then I realign it and pull back. Uh, and then I've changed and you just stitch the two together. But it looks great and they're really fun to do. I'm gonna do another one uh, the next few days with my Christmas tree to show you how a magician does his Christmas tree. And then I'm planning the 12 days of Christmas stories. Now, these are not gonna be 12 maids of milking or whatever the whole thing is. I'm not getting a partridge in a pear tree. Um, if you have any ideas of like magical things I can do with reels, if you've seen something that you like, and do you like me to put my spin on, let me know. And one of the things I was trying with the reels is seeing if I could put routines together. However, it only gives you 15 or 30 seconds, so that kind of went out the window. So, as most of you know, during lockdown I've been working on new tricks and kind of trying new stuff out with my mum and dad because I'm still at home. Um, one thing I can't wait when this lockdown's over, like officially over, not the kind of stages we're going through at the moment, is catching up, going out for drinks with people, going to my favourite coffee shop, interacting the way we're used to. And I, and I can't wait. It's like I got a slight glimpse of what the new normal is going to look like. For the meantime, when I went to a venue last week, I talked about that in the previous episode, so go and check that out. And it gave me such a buzz, like performing socially distanced magic, that I didn't realise how much I missed performing. So like I had an audience. Yes, the mask hides a lot of the emotion and kind of reactions. But I was looking for those offbeat moments that in magic are so important. And when I'm getting you to sign a card, there's, there's that interaction. But I can't get you to sign a card at the moment. So I'm, I have to work my way around it. And it was a real challenge, but I was kind of learning as I went along. Because you can't practice that at home as much as you like. You can't go up to a mirror and go, yeah, name a picture for me and I'll draw it. But I digress. I digress a lot at the moment. So, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I'll move on. Oh, no, I won't. They're all on my desk. So, there are, there's a new trick I've just got that I need to work on, which will probably take about two months. So, the timing's just about right. And it's the cups and balls. And I've loved the cups and balls for years, but I've never performed them. I know all the moves that go with it and how to make it entertaining, I think, but I need to try this one out. So I ordered these little ones, and they are tiny. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see pictures of them. They literally fit in your pocket. And there's another version of cups and balls I do that involves fire. And there's another cup I use. So I got all the cups out that I use, and I thought, you know what, these look great. Let's do a photo montage or something of them. So that's coming the next few days. Um, and I'm now starting to work more socially distanced techniques into my magic because then I can weave the two together. So when I was doing my card under box for someone the other day, we can't get them to pick out the box, we can't get them to interact. But I started adding new bits into it to get the effect that I wanted and it went down really well. So through all of lockdown, I've been focusing on kind of how can I make socially distanced magic work for me? And it turns out that's kind of the wrong way of doing it. Because I was trying to come up with 
effects that are the complete opposite of the stuff I'm used to. Like, I was trying to work out a new way of doing card under box, card to wallet, um, the stick trick, because at the end of the stick trick, I give the white stick out. Uh, I borrow objects off people. And I thought, right, I can't do that, so I need a whole new plethora of tricks. No, I don't. I just need to adapt the current tricks I do. Go, right, this is the ending. This is how I want the trick to finish. How do I get there? Um, and I think we can apply that to a lot of... Uh, I think we can apply that to a lot of things, not just magic, like every day. For example, the goals that I'm trying to reach. Um, one going, I want to have a TV show next year. I want to have a branded pack of cards. I want to have this. I want to have that. It's like, right, pick three. And then write down one thing you can do today that will move you that one step closer. So it's like, okay, like I mentioned before with the pack of cards, how do I get started? It's like, right, I know some designers. Let's get messaging them going, how do I go about creating a Kickstarter campaign to produce a pack of cards? Because I know that's how they do it. What do people put on cards? Like, there are so many questions, but I'm writing down just like the top three that gets me onto the next level. While we're on the subject of magic and Christmas, and everything that Christmas is, I ordered some baubles the other day for my tree, which has just arrived. Opened up the box and took the baubles out. And I haven't bought baubles for years because we used the ones we got at home because there's memories associated with associated with them and everything else. And I always thought baubles came with that little piece of kind of string through it or thread through it that you could then hook over the tree. Now they come with these metal hooks that you've got to put through and it just doesn't make sense. So I'm having to re-thread, not re-thread, I'm having to thread each individual bubble, which is fine. I don't mind having said that. I'm getting my mum to do it. Why not? I'm recording the podcast. She's doing the bubbles to get them ready. Um, but there's something lovely about having a Christmas tree in your room and it's a real one. So fake ones look amazing. You can get a wide range of Christmas trees. I know some people that spend like a thousand pounds that's like, oh yeah, but it means you don't have to buy a new one each year and they're better for the environment. Sorry, you spend a thousand pounds. How many Christmas trees do you reckon you need to buy before you hit a thousand pounds? If not many, you're spending far too much on your Christmas tree. Um, So the one in my room is about two foot high and I'm just going to put some balls on it, some lights on it. And maybe some playing cards. Why? Because I, I don't know. I just feel like I, put, I should put some playing cards on my Christmas tree. Or do you think that's overkill? Uh, da, 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 bear with me. So, as good as the fake ones look, and you can get sticks and sprays that make them smell like real ones, the little one that I've got in my room is lovely. Like I said, it's about two foot. But the smell it gives off is amazing. And I got it from a company on the internet called Patch. Go and check them out. And I kept on looking for voucher codes because it's like, I want a nice pot to go with it. I want some lights. I want this. And it all adds up. Uh, but I bought them before. They're really nice. And I suddenly got one of their newsletters through the post. And it says 15% off when you spend 50. So it's like, oh, cool. So I got another little plant for my room and the lights and everything. And it actually worked out cheaper. So I have now got a Christmas tree in my room, a little terrarium in like a glass jar, 
and two plants. I think that's enough for the moment for the size of my room. I don't want it to be like a jungle. But every time I look at the website, it's like, oh, that looks nice, that looks nice. It's like, you don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Um, and I think at the moment, because we're not going out on our normal way, we're saving money, it's so easy, especially with like Black Friday and everything, to go, oh, I fancy this, I fancy that, and you just buy it and stuff revives at the house. And if you actually sit down and go, do I actually need it? If you just take those few seconds out to go, do I actually need it? Nine times out of ten, we don't. It's like, I was tempted to get some fake snowballs from a Christmas tree and like snow around the bottom and this and that. I was like, Man, that's, that's 30 quid. It was something I use at Christmas and it looks really nice in its little pot with its little cover on. So it's like, right, don't need that. Uh, there's some DVDs. It's like, look, you've got Netflix and Amazon Prime on the TV and you've got Sky Movies, well, film four. Um, so a great film to watch, it's not a Christmas film, is Keeping Up With The Joneses with Elsa Fisher, Gal Gadot and a few others. Um, it's a really cool film, go and check it out. I think you can get it on film for the next few weeks or whatever. They normally repeat the same old movies. Having said that, I am just waiting for Elf to come out because the second Elf is out, that's when Christmas really starts, isn't it? Kind of putting Elf on, sitting back, relaxing. With some popcorn. Popcorn and a hot chocolate. There you go. Popcorn, hot chocolate and Elf on the TV. Does it get any better? <laughs> yes, it does. If, if that's your highlight of Christmas, you, ne you need to change it. Um, so, with that in mind, heading into December, what is everyone looking forward to in December in terms of Christmas? Are you getting ready early? Um, even try and catch up with friends in the park? Let me know. Uh, and then I want to know what everyone's goals are for next year. Because with the event I was at on Thursday, they were talking about next year and everything like that and it coming back to like a new normal and kind of getting interacting with people more, especially towards the end. And it got me thinking. How can I bring my magic to the people that really need to see it without kind of doing the large-scale parties that I'm using. Because I think Christmas this year is almost a write-off. I might get one or two under the new restrictions. So my theory is having a magician on like a trade show stand is a lot better for a number of reasons. Number one, no one's going to want to put their hand in a bowl of sweets or pick up a stress ball or notepads or anything like that. The less contact we have with people, ideally the better. So having me on a stand Stopping people, finding out whether the product's right for them. If it's not, moving them on. Interacting with them so they're getting that face-to-face -face interaction that they know and love, but at the same time doing it nice and safely. So, if you're playing a trade show next year, drop me a message. I'd love to work with you. I have worked with printing companies. I've worked with first aid companies. I've worked with drinks companies. I've worked with printing companies. I've worked with just a wide range. I've lost track of the number of trade shows I've done now. And they are always great fun and everyone always remembers the company. Remembers the magic, but I emphasise the company more. So my goals for next year, I'm going to put them out right here. But I'm only going to give you my top three. Because these are what I really believe I can achieve and are possible within the next, let's say, six months. I'm planning these in six, within six months. 
So I want to get back to doing events again as safely as possible, whether that's trade shows, weddings. I want to get out, show people the sort of magic I do. And I think everyone's ready for it. Um, I want to have my own pack of playing cards. So I'm going to try and get those, um, like the initial inquiry done before January, just to kind of hit the ground running. So when we go into January, it's like, right, this is what I've got. This is what we need. So watch out for a Kickstarter, probably starting in January. Hopefully, watch this space. And number three, it's got nothing to do with business. Um, working in events, we meet so many people. We are, we interact with other people. It's kind of, we bounce off other people as well. And the amount of weddings I do, and you see kind of people getting married and it's lovely. But I really want to come home to someone or pick up the phone going, can I come over? And I've tried online dating and it's it's just not for me. I've kind of, I see Facebook's now doing it. It's like, enough. I just, I just want to get out and meet people. Um, and as much as you can meet people on kind of social media and stuff like that, it's not the same. So yeah, I want to have a girlfriend within six months. There you go. Said it. Done. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's a little sales pitch and a half, isn't it? Apparently one way that certain celebrities and other people have met is walking their dog in the park. I've been walking my dog in the park for many years, never got anything out of it, well, apart from the exercise and walking the dog, I've never met anyone for a coffee after bumping into them with their dog. Maybe I'm going to the wrong park. Is Richmond Park kind of not the place to go, or is there a certain like time you've got to go? It's like, oh yes, dating hour in Richmond Park is like 5.30, Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was? Um... So before we kind of start wrapping up the episode, slowly moving on to Magic Story. Yes, the Magic Story is coming towards the end. What a surprise. I was going to do it halfway through and then I started talking and looking at the time now, this is currently being 21 minutes. It's like, ah, oh, okay, we're well over halfway. Do the story at the end. Um, but we're going to take a quick break so I can give you a quick reminder of the sponsor of episode 24 of Magic Talks. Be right back. Just a quick reminder that episode 24 of Magic Talks is sponsored by Yen London. Visit them by going to yenldn.com and searching for them on Instagram. That's just yenldn. Give them a follow, go and check out the website. Lots of great clothing uh, and a really nice company. Yeah, go and check them out. That's Yen London. So just a couple of things before we kind of get on to the magic story involving the Bank of England. I know I keep on stretching it out because I know it's a really good story. Um, and I've got photos somewhere, but you can't take photos inside the Bank of England. But we'll come on into that in a minute. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to do a 12 days of Christmas kind of Instagram reel. So if there's anything you'd like to see on it, let me know. If there's anything you'd like to see on future episodes of Magic Talks, please let me know as well. Uh, I'm open to ideas. Not that I'm running out of ideas. It's kind of every week I start planning a new episode, there's always something to talk about. Is there anyone that you've seen in the event industry that you want to try and get on when I start getting guests onto the show? Whether that's uh, entertainment, food, theatre. I've got an amazing contacts book 
that I'm sure I can get really special guests on. Uh, for those of you that follow me on YouTube, I'm not putting too much on there anymore. Because of the YouTube algorithm, it harder gets seen by many people. And I think more people enjoy seeing little videos on my Instagram page. A new website is coming next year. Kind of, we're working on little bits behind the scenes. Um, but I'm just waiting for a few more things. And then hopefully catching up with the designer over a beer in the new year to kind of put the final details on it and sort out that little thing called money that needs to pay for it. Uh, with that in mind, what are you most looking forward to once the shops and everything reopen? Is there a certain shop you really want to go and visit? Or do you just want the freedom to go out, catch up with friends in the park and have like a takeaway in the park with a beer? I'm genuinely interested to find out what people are really looking forward to before Christmas. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, that, that, that was an odd way of phrasing it. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Let me know. Um, is there anything special you want? Not that I'm going to buy it for you, just to get that out <laughs> straight away. Uh, one of the first shops that I'm going to go back to, because I haven't been in about a month, well, since this lockdown started, is the Magic Shop. It's great to go down have a look around. I might try and do some Instagram reels down there. So watch this space. And I'm going to talk briefly about the magic shop because I think it's important and I haven't talked about magic shops a lot in previous episodes, but I think it's important. So I had a magic jam on Zoom the other day with some magicians kind of just trying out new ideas and it's great, but nothing beats like trying stuff out. So there's a magic shop I use not too far from Heathrow Airport. I'm not giving the name of it. And th this is why I bring it up. Magic is a big family. It's a dysfunctional family, but it is a big family. It's kind of, you have to be slightly nutty to get into it. But we love what we do and we love seeing people's reactions. That's kind of one of the main reasons we do it. But there used to be a magic shop in London called Davenport's that was in Charing Cross Underground. And it was always a bit iffy kind of getting to the shop, kind of for various reasons. That's now closed. But I remember going in there, God, years ago. It's, it's been that long. And they used to like demo stuff. And I, I'll tell you how long it's been. I wasn't a professional magician there, so it's over nine years, I think. And just like the customer service, it was all very hot. I was like, you didn't buy anything or not. Um, and then there's another one called International Magic that you spun on an amazing convention. Um, that stopped for various reasons, but I've never, I don't think I've ever visited the shop. So there's the magic shop I use now. Um, the customer service is second to none. You go in, like they give you tea, coffee, you can pick up books, have a look, flick through. If you want to look at a trick, you can open it up, have a look. Um, and you can brainstorm ideas. So I'm looking forward to going back there because there's a new trick that's out that I bought that isn't available by retail yet. I've kind of got it on a Kickstarter kind of campaign. So I'll bring it down, show them, and there's some balls that I might want to use for it. So rather than ordering, getting them home, finding out, no, they're not right, I can go down, try it. It's the best magic shop in the United Kingdom. And so many magicians from all around the world use it. And I'm not telling you the name because that's a little magic secret. Anyway, enough about that. 
Here comes Magic Story of the Week. Magic Story of the Week. So the Magic Story this week goes back a tiny bit. Remember when we went from paper banknotes to polymer banknotes, like the Monopoly money that we now use? Before I tell you about the trick, let me tell you a little thing. We, as magicians, always used to love kind of getting people to sign a banknote, tearing the corner off, making it disappear, and then bringing it back at some point, and the corners match. You cannot do that with a polymer note. Uh, if you want somebody to sign a banknote, they can sign it with a Sharpie, but then you've got to wait like a couple of minutes for it to dry because it's kind of a, a plastic. And here's one top tip, whether that's the fives, the tens, the 20s out yet not sure whatever whatever bank polymer bank nets we have at the moment they say oh they can get wet it's not a problem that is perfectly true however if you wash them in the washing machine and then put it in the tumble dryer that bank note does not like heat it shrivels up into next to nothing um trust me i've done it once i won't do it again luckily it was only a fiver but i digress that's not the story this is the story so I always had an idea for a trick that I've been working on long before the polymer banknotes came out. And I managed to get hold of like a specimen. It had specimen written across it so I could try ideas out. I can't remember where I got it from. So the day came and I went up to London, not just for this reason, but for the sake of the story. I went up to London and uh, I approached the Bank of England and said, I'm after one of the new £5 notes. And he says, do you have a £5 note on you? And it's like, yes, because they only exchange note for note. So when I wanted the new, I think, £20 notes, I went out with two tens. And he's like, no, you've got to have a, an old £20 note. Don't ask me why, it's the Bank of England. I, do, I don't think it would be a problem. So I queue up and uh, there's no photos or videos allowed in there. So it's like, okay, not to worry, I still want to try this trick. So I give the woman my £5 note and she gives me a new £5 note back. I said, uh, is this one of the special ones? She was like, sorry? I said, is this one of the new special £5 notes? She said, what do you mean special? I said, well, let me show you. Um, I said, there are some that have a printing defect towards the middle. She went, no, no, no. They're all printed, they're all regulated, they're all checked. I said, let me show you. So I got my Sharpie out of my pocket and... Uh, I kind of drew an X on the banknote. It's not defacing it, she didn't say anything. I was like, okay, I said, look, if you draw an X about middle, which is where the weak spot is, you can take the Sharpie and you can push it through. So I, I'm using the banknote she's just given me, I haven't switched it or anything, and I put the Sharpie through and uh, I put it down on the little tray. She's like, you can't do that. It's like damaging the note. I said, no, this is how you spot whether it's uh, genuine note or not i said if you take the pen and pull it backwards um you hear it coming back out but there's no hole and she's like can I look at the pen she's not sure exactly what's just happened she's seen it she's seen the sharpie go through she heard it come out she saw it come out and now she's checking out the banknote and the sharpie i said it's just it's just a normal sharpie she went yeah but you just put that through the banknote <laughs> no i didn't so she calls somebody over and it's like, Do we, is there a defect in the new fives? It's like, no, why? Like, well, this man just pushed the Sharpie through and then took it out and there's no hole. 
I was like, well, can, can you do it again? I was like, of course I can. I said, but I need another banknote because it only works once with like, certain banknotes. So he gets the banknote out uh, and I said, can you make a note of the serial number for me to make sure there's no switch involved? And he's like, yep. So uh, under it goes and uh, I take it. I said, no, it doesn't have to be in the center. I said, if you draw the X um, kind of invisibly with the cap on, you can move it. So I moved it over to kind of the see-through bit of the banknote and pushed it through that way. And then I showed them both sides. And then I took the cap off and kind of wrote on a bit of paper to prove it's a normal pen. <laughs> and the woman opposite me, kind of who's getting her or doing whatever, looks and goes, that's not right. I went, you're right. And I took it out and put the banknote back in my wallet and uh, said, enjoy the rest of your day. And I walked out and I went to meet a friend, showed him the trick and he's like, did you just get that from the Bank of England? I went, yeah, there's certain banknotes that have a small printing default or defect that you can push a Sharpie through. And I did that trick so much and now that there's no point really doing it, I kind of use it as an offbeat if I'm sitting in a coffee shop, just pushing a Sharpie through a banknote, it, get, it gets kind of that WTF moment of, did I just see what I think I just saw? So, yeah, that's my magic story of the week. Um, money orientated because of the sponsor, uh, Yen London. He said, any chance you've got any magic stories with money involved? I went, I've got the perfect one. It involves the Bank of England. So that is the magic story of the week. This has been episode 24. Thanks once again to Yen London for sponsoring this episode. Do go and check them out and I will see you next week for episode 25 Magic Talks. In the meantime, don't forget to tell your friends and everything about the podcast. Any questions, either find them off on Instagram or find me on Podchaser where you can leave reviews and everything like that. Look after yourselves. Keep an eye on my Instagram. There's new reels coming and I will see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Magic story of the week.